Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Again, because we're batch recording, I am still sick. So if you are now tuning in for the first time, my voice doesn't sound like this all the time. I know. They're just we, like switched off. <laughs> <laughs> like I was dying. And now you're dying. And then hopefully we'll both be good by February. <laughs> hopefully. And since we're batch recording, there's like a bunch of them that sound like this. So my apologies. Yeah, my fault. I had to go and move. It's okay. actually it's not my fault. It's, it's somebody else's. It's somebody else's fault. It's Shannon's fault. <laughs> it's Shannon's fault. But I am coming back. I don't actually know when this is going live. This might be a stabby. This might be an It alt- is a stabby. Okay. I didn't know if it was also going to be an alt I don't know. No. It is another one of our homicide hunters with detective or lieutenant, whatever he is at the time. Joe Kenda, or as <laughs> we Joe. like to call him, Papa Joe. I'm going <laughs> to seriously, like, I need to reach out to them and be like, can I use his likeness in a, in a merch? Oh, my God. Yeah, if we are allowed to do that, you know what you should do? <laughs> you know those like 90s or 80s graphic tees that had like the person and then that like the neon font shit? Mm-hmm. We should have a shirt. <laughs> Papa Joe. Was- I'm just going to make one. I'm going to make one. <laughs> I'm going to put it up. And then when like they're like, you can't use his likeness, I'll be like, come at me. And then I'll be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Love you, we'll Papa. Take it Joe. Down now. Sorry. We love you, Papa. <laughs> I Joe. just want it for me. <laughs> but you all can buy it too if you want. I know. Because <laughs> we love us some Papa Joe. <sighs> yes. I just want him to know who I am. <laughs> so if anyone follows him on Twitter, can someone just retweet him? Because I could tweet him, but I feel like that's a little bit HR desperate stuff. But like, <laughs> if someone else can do it for me. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure HR desperate stuff came from Will and Grace. Like, I didn't make that up. Okay, so we are on episode five of season one, and this is called The Secret Life, not of Zach and Cody. Aw. I know. We are going back to the 80s, speaking of 80s flashiness. Ooh, perfect. On March 26, 1985, which technically is the day after my older brother was born, but meh. Construction foremans find a car parked on their site, and it's running, which is the weird thing. If you just find a car running... You're going to be like, the fuck? Why is it running? Right, exactly. But no one was in there. So they call 911. And the police come out and they look. And of course, they look in the car and they're like, there's a fucking brick on the gas pedal. Oh, no. 
The car slightly smells of an accelerant. So they turn the car off and they pop the trunk because in the front seat, they find a purse and some shoes Mm -hmm. and they find a 30 year old woman in the trunk. And it is obvious that she has been strangled. So they call out Papa Joe. They could tell she'd been strangled because she actually had the pantyhose around her neck that she'd been strangled with. I'm going to stop everyone right here and say, if you watch this episode, there's going to be a moment you're going to look at the actress and be like, they did you wrong, hun. Because they were trying to make her face look like it was purple from asphyxiation. Mm -hmm. And she looks fuchsia. Oh. Mm. She looked more like Barney. Like pink. Interesting. Purpley pink. It was not the color they were looking for. Yeah. But they were trying to simulate that she'd been strangulated with a ligature, which typically means like pantyhose. Okay, somebody's got to have known this person. You know, someone's got to have known this person up close in person. Like they have to know each other unless some dude is just randomly having pantyhose, which is possible. I take that mm-hmm. back. It was kind of odd that she was in the trunk of the car, but the car had been like aimed at the it was literally like run into some construction equipment. Mm, gotcha. And here's the weird thing. So they were like, okay, there's no footprints leading up to this. The car smelled like gas. The large brick is on the dry. Like, so they're like, what the hell? So they look in and they find, in the purse, they find an ID of the woman in the trunk. And her name is Lourdes Riddle. And Mark Riddle is her husband. And he is in the Air Force. Gotcha. In fact, he works at NORAD mm-hmm. in the Cheyenne Mountains, which is apparently like a top secrety place. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, fun fact, yeah. it is the, they also do a Santa tracker every year for kids and stuff. It's like a 3D map thing. It's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you have kids that are like young enough for that, but also old enough to under, like, you know, be interested in that, it's cool to check out. It really is. So because of this, they like, you know, call it in and they're like looking for Mark because the car was also registered in his name. And they're still out there like getting evidence and these two Air Force investigators walk up and are like, we're taking charge. And we all know Papa Joe. Papa Joe looked at them and went like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. You're not taking my crime scene. Mm -hmm. But there was already like a hitch in this giddy up, which is that they had already arrested Mark and had him in custody Mm -hmm. because they thought, obviously, the wife is dead. The husband did it. Yeah. Typically what they look at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But you typically don't like arrest them. You typically just like question them. I mean. They wild in out there, they I guess. Are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they advised him of his rights so that he could lawyer up. And, th- and like Papa Joe is like, fuck, because if he gets a lawyer, I can't talk to him and I need this opportunity right. to talk to him. So Papa Joe is like, I'm fucking going to the Air Force Base. Try and stop me, which, you know, could have happened because it's the federal government. <laughs> and he was like, you know, part of the PD in Colorado Springs. Mm. <laughs> they, they trump him for sure. They, their jurisdiction is definitely like much bigger. Yeah. But he goes and he interviews Mark. And fun fact, Mark is in this episode. So fucking spoilers. Mark is not the killer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I figured <laughs> by your tone of like, they fucking arrested it. <laughs> right. But still, it would be really weird if you were like in. I was about to be like, it'd be really weird if you like killed someone and then you were in like a documentary about like how you didn't kill them. And then I was like, oh, fuck, we just did the Casey Anthony story. <laughs> I died. Great. OK. Anyway. So Mark waves his rights and he starts talking to Papa Joe and they tell him that Lourdes is dead. And he's like, shit. And he tells them the story how they like met in Florida and they kind of fell in love and they enjoyed life. 
and that that each one of them had a previous kid from a different marriage, Mm -hmm. and they'd been together for about nine years. But Mark was very, very aware that Lourdes was cheating on him. Oh. Very aware. Okay. They had had an argument, but she had promised to stop and come back and be part, like, be faithful in the relationship. Mark did not believe her, because I have a feeling this was a cycle. Mm. And the problem was, is that Mark didn't have an alibi because he was at home by himself with the children the night of the murder. And I don't know if children can be your alibi. I've actually never looked into it. Yeah. So Mark is like, I didn't do this shit. I swear to you. And you could kind of tell, like, Mark just didn't give enough fucks. Like, he was like, I'm aware my wife cheats on me. (sighs) Probably just accepted it, honestly. Right. So Mark is like, cool, give me a polygraph test. and. They do and he passes and Papa Joe even looks at his body language and is like, he's not exhibiting like the shiftiness, the, the, the telltale signs that he's like being dishonest. He's just really being completely, he's being very open about it. Well, that's good. So, yeah. So Mark is released from custody and they start looking at the pantyhose and looking at the fact that it was like intact. And there was like no real indication on her body that she struggled. So Papa Joe is like, okay, I am at square one. What do I got to do? I know what I got to do. I got to track down all of Lourdes's friends and come to find out she was kind of a partier. Oh, okay. She would come and go as she pleased. She was very into the nightlife and she had a very specific type of male. So Lourdes was Filipino and she really liked Filipino American soldiers. So she was out there hooking up with these men. She was there. So because remember how we keep talking about like when there is a bar fly, how it's hard for bar employees to be like, I don't know exactly what night they were here because they're Mm -hmm. here all the time. Right. This was the problem. Oh, gotcha. They were like, I think she might have been here. I don't I'm not really sure. But they're like, okay, I'm not really sure. But we know that what she does is she comes in and she hooks up with these soldiers and she's with them for a while. And she just kind of like hops from guy to guy. And they're kind of looking, they've now deemed the guy the pantyhose strangler. Mm. Well, they get a tip and it is from a male, like a male employee, like a deliver my mail type employee. She almost hit a man who was running across the street in the area where the body was found. He was six foot six to six foot eight. And he was an African-American male. He was black. And this was like picture construction site. And then someone darting out across that. Very close. She almost hit him. The next thing they know, they find the body of a woman in a, in a trunk. So they're out there looking. They ask all of Lourdes's friends, like, hey, does she know anyone who fits this description, this big guy? And they're mm-hmm. like, no, she doesn't. She, she has a type, and that's not, that's not her type. She likes Filipino-American soldiers. According to Lourdes's mom, she had been threatened by someone lordis had told her and in fact there was some like travel that had happened recently in lordis's life that nobody really like mark didn't even know about she had gone to san francisco and she'd gone to las vegas from colorado springs i get those aren't that far but still Mm -hmm. and so people are like what the fuck is she doing like what kind of crimes is she involved in and then comes the story of what lordis was doing with all of these soldier boys Basically, it comes from the bar folks that she was actually extorting people for money. She was hustling men. So she would meet a man who was a Filipino-American soldier, 
develop a relationship with them, say that she was pregnant, and then ask them for money. <gasps> oh, my God. Or an abortion. Mm-hmm. And that according to this, from what I learned from this particular episode, is that in like the Filipino culture, it is actually considered a great honor to serve in the military. And if they were to get kicked out, it would be considered a great shame. That's literally what they mm-hmm. used. This mm-hmm. would be a great shame mm-hmm. on them and their family. So like these men were because she would say, oh, if you don't give me money, I'm going to go to your CO because she's a married woman. So we know that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And they got her pregnant. So th- she would like extort these people for money. Wow. Mm. And she kept doing this over and over again. So she had like all this money. So she, they would literally give money. She wouldn't go to the, the CO. And then that was it. Now they're like, who was her latest like boyfriend slash Mark? And there was this man by the name of Nolly, as he was known, Nulasco de Padua. Mm. And Nolly was a Filipino-American soldier. And wouldn't you know that Nolly has a friend who meets the description of someone who's between the age or between the height of 6'6 six, six and 6'8 six, and is a black male whose name is Brian Hawkins, who's also in the, in the military. They're both mm-hmm. in the army, I believe. Mm-hmm. Brian matches this description to a T. And so they're like, hey, Brian, why don't you come on down? Because they went and asked Nolly, and Nolly was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I don't know her. I don't know anything about her. So then they bring Brian in, and they establish, Brian tells them, yeah, no, I'm best friends with Nolly. Nolly, he's my best friend. Or Nolly. Yeah, he's my best friend, and he's dating Lourdes. They're together, and I think she's pregnant, like, tells the story. But he says he has nothing to do with her, but Papa Joe, he's like, there's nothing, I have nothing to do with her, and like, goes to leave, and Papa Joe's like, I don't believe you. Sit back down. Brian starts to get more and more upset. His story is super inconsistent. He's like met her, then he said he hadn't met her, then he said he's met her. Like, you know, it's just like that kind of stuff. Yeah. He started like physically getting upset. Like you could tell he had like ticks happening. So Papa Joe just goes, you know what, Brian? I think you're fucking lying to me. And Brian's like, no, no, I'm not. And he's like, fine, let's take a polygraph test. And Brian's like, sure, I'll take a polygraph test. He bombs it. Wow. So Papa Joe is like, okay. I don't think he, like, killed her, but I know he had something to do with it. So he leans in and goes, I don't think you killed her, but I can prove you did. (laughs) So Brian's like, shit. He, like, breaks down and he starts crying. Basically, the story comes out that Lourdes and Nolly are in a relationship and it hasn't been going very long. And she's like, hey, I'm pregnant and I need to have an abortion because I'm married and you need to give me the money for it. And if you don't, I'm going to go to your CO. You need to give me a thousand dollars. And what? yeah, Nolly is like, no, I ain't doing that shit. So he makes a plan. And the plan is, is that he's going to invite her over and then he's going to strangle her with pantyhose that she left at the house, which he does. Mm. And then he's like, OK, Brian, what you're going to do is like, I need to not be there. Right. So like, I'm going to strangle her and then I'm going to go to work. So that, like, I have an alibi. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, but I have an alibi. And you're going to take her car. You're going to drive her out to a construction site. You're going to douse the car in gasoline. You're going to put her in the front seat. You're going to light the car. You're not, no, you're not going to light the car on fire. You're just going to put the brick on it. And then it's going to go 70 to 80 miles an hour. 
hit this machine, boom, it's going to blow up and incinerate. And there's going to be no evidence left. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if a lot of you know this, but like it takes a lot to get older cars to go 70 or 80 miles an hour. Like it takes a lot of distance. Yeah. And their plan might have been better if they had actually like lit the fire on, you know. Mm. Yeah. So (laughs) Brian is telling the story. And Papa Joe is like, Brian, you fucked up, dude. One, the car didn't explode. And two, you forgot to put the body in the front seat. Right. You left her in the trunk. Oh, my God. Part of me thinks, that, like, the way they kind of describe Brian is that maybe he wasn't fully, like, mm. he wasn't, like, mentally delayed, but, like, he wasn't smart, if you know what I'm saying. Like, right. common sense wasn't his friend or lived in his neighborhood or his state, apparently. Because mm-hmm. I, th- my thought is what happened. They didn't say this, but my interpretation is that Brian <laughs> is that Brian probably was like, okay, I'm gonna put the brick on the gas pedal and then go get her, and then that's not how that works. No, because <laughs> then I think the car took off and he was like, shit, and then he ran. He's like, well, bye, too late, got a right. got a bail. <laughs> also, when he didn't see the car explode, why wouldn't you go get the car? Right. Well, good thing he know. was dumb. <laughs> so Papa Joe likes to surprise people about 4.30 in the morning. Hmm. If you are out at a bar, you're probably home. Bars close at 2. That gives you two and a half hours to get after bar food, find a taxi this time, or walk or whatever, <laughs> yeah. get home. Or if you're like getting up to go to work, you're still at home. You haven't left for work yet. So they knock on the door and Nolly opens. And Papa Joe goes inside. But the problem is, is that his door is like a spring, has a spring load. Mm. So it slams shut. And he's got Nolly against the wall. Papa Joe is like, shit, I'm inside. I'm in this apartment by myself. No backup. The door is shut. And wouldn't you know, I hear a noise. There's someone behind me. Just kidding. It's a dog. Oh, okay. (laughs) They literally like built this up and it was the dog. (laughs) I was like, you let me down, Papa Joe. (laughs) So basically what ends up happening is, and this is the part that is really going to make some of y'all mad. So because they, okay, so then the other detectives break in the door and they get him and they arrest him and they charge him and he pleads guilty to second degree murder, which I don't think that should have been second degree murder. Asshole, like, planned this shit. Yeah. And he was sentenced to only 14 years in prison. (sighs) Which he only served seven of, though. I was six when he got out of prison. Cool. Love that. Love that. You can murder someone and be in jail for two seconds. Pretty much. Yeah. (sighs) Jesus. But because Brian was their star witness and he basically like told them everything, gave so much detail so that they had no choice, they were going to get a conviction. They dropped all charges against him. Mm. which kind of leads to like i mean i think he should have served some time because he tampered with evidence and that kind of shit and that's a crime and he kind of knew that his friend was had killed because like according to brian he calls brian and is like i killed her help me get rid of the body mm-hmm. and so brian should have immediately been like cool i'll help you kill i'll help you get rid of it i'll be right over and then called the police right like the fuck that's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Mark and his children have moved on and That's are good. good. And they seem kind of adjusted to this. 
So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I hope you guys are enjoying this series. I know that it's been fun for me to watch this series of the show. I mean, it's it's old. It came out in like 2011, but I still yeah. like it because it's no. Me. Well, and you know what I like about shows like this? They talk about cases most of us would have never heard about. Right. You know what I mean? So I think like shows like that are important to talk about and for people to watch. Because a lot of times, you know, we had no clue. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure there's people that's probably lived in that area their whole lives and probably didn't hear of most of those cases. So right? I love it. I love this. And it's the fact that it's like one central location. Yes. Which leads me to like be like, what the fuck is happening in Colorado Springs? I mean, you have to think about it. It's like a big area. There's multiple military bases. The town itself for the like population and stuff, at least when I lived there, was half a million people, over half a million people in itself, you know? So it's like, it's scary that it's happening all in one place, but like it makes sense, you know? Because there's so many different people there. That's true. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like a hub. Mm -hmm, Exactly kind of like a hub and Mm -hmm. it's like i also think of places where it gets like really cold in the winter yeah where people kind of have to like stay indoors means they're around people more (laughs) so like this is true i don't know i i want to believe that in nice warm weathered places when i say warm weathered i mean like even tempered weather people are just happier yeah we would hope hopefully (laughs) it's the utopia that we're all searching for (laughs) for real Okay, so with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today, and we will see you back here on Monday for another episode. Bye, guys. Bye.